and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Sushi Club podcast. I'm your host, Gail Edwards. Of course, you know me for my global impact and personal brand strategies. And today I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Libna Zaru. Hello, hello, hello. Who is known as the great and as you know, Lumna is the crazy ideas lady who even kickstarted this particular podcast. But we also have a really great guest for you today. But before I tell you about our guest, the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi adoring entrepreneurs. And have we got a treat for you today? Showing you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grunt. Today we are joined by somebody who epitomizes exactly what it's like to have fun in your business. So who have we got with us today? We have got Melanie Moore. And Melanie is the UK's leading vision board expert and award-winning coach. Now, I can tell you some great things about Melanie because as well as her being a successful coach and vision board expert even, she's also one of my lovely, lovely, lovely friends. And I've seen, I've watched firsthand how Melanie inspires her clients to tap into their big vision. She gives us the tools that helps us to change our mindset so that we can be more positive and successful and abundant. Do you know what? I can talk about Melanie all day. You're going to have to read the rest of the show notes because I cannot wait anymore. Melanie, welcome to the Entrepreneur Sushi Club. Hi, Gail. Hi, Lubna. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honour and a delight to be here. Welcome. And it's an honour and delight. Yeah, it's an honour and a delight for us to have you. Melanie, what I can't get over is I've known you for quite some time now and I had no idea you were a sushi addict. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I love sushi. (laughs) I love it. But it's got to have massive doses of wasabi with it Um, (gasps) and the ginger. Um, Yeah, there's nothing more disappointing than the thing is, obviously... Ideally, it would be in a restaurant, but you know, these days it's a bit tricky to find it in a restaurant. So there are some really quite good supermarket places that do it fresh in store. Mm-hmm. And that for me has been a good substitute for these times. But I bought some a while ago and I forgot to get the wasabi and the ginger and it just oh. ruined it. Well, that's not sushi. <laughs> you know, no wasabi, no it's ginger. Not- no, that's definitely not sushi. And we're going to come on to that a little bit later on. Before we get it, because I'll tell you, we, you know, we are going to be talking a lot of sushi today. So before Good, we get into, yeah, <laughs> before we go, you know, deep diving into sushi, just let's find out a little bit more about you, Melanie, and what your motivations were, because big vision coach, you know, we don't come across many of those. And I'm really intrigued as to what led you here. How did you even know that there was such a thing or that you could be such a thing? Well, I must admit, it is a bit of a made-up job title. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I am a coach, but let's face it, there are so many coaches in this industry and it's like what differentiates me from other coaches. And yeah, the coaching is the, the vehicle, but the tools I use, I think, are quite unique and quite different. Um, my personal belief is that most people 
don't have a big enough vision for their lives, their businesses. Not only that, a big enough vision for their relationships, their environments, their abundance levels even. Most people settle for the hand that life has dealt them. And I believe that we all have it within us to not only dream bigger because the dreams are there, they're all within inside us already, but then it's about taking the action to make that vision a reality. And yes, I do help people make vision boards. That's the fun part of it, but anyone can make a vision board. But the problem is most vision boards stay as a vision because there are so many things that stop us from taking the action in order to get what we want. There's also another missing piece of getting super clear on your vision, expanding the vision and making it really juicy and, and spectacular really. And yeah, so for me, it's about helping people to get really, really clear with their heart's desires, expand that as uncomfortably as possible, and then get that vision out of your deeper, most innermost being, put it onto card, but then take action. But what if, I mean, let's imagine someone that has settled for what life has given them and don't have any connection to their heart's desires and can't even imagine having a bigger vision than the cards that they have been dealt right now. How did they discover that they are meant for more? I think a lot of people have an inner knowing that they were meant for more. And it could be a feeling that you've had probably for the longest time. And life has led you down a certain path. It's given you certain experiences. You know, you've ended up in relationships and you've got to a place of, you know, maybe dissatisfaction. And, you know, I'm speaking from personal experience here that I've always had that inkling, you know, even as a child. And, you know, maybe I've got my parents to thank for this, that they would always tell me how special I was. My dad, it was quite weird. He just was on the fringes of these personal development books and he'd read them perhaps once but didn't really apply it to his own life. But what he then did do was kind of give me the messages of what he taught. And, you know, sadly, my dad's got dementia now, but he sowed some seeds with me. And one of the things he actually did for me was write a little poster on my bedroom wall saying, I can and I will. And he hung this on a frame and I could see it behind you, Gail. You know, <laughs> I can. Yeah, I can. You know, it's that whole Henry Ford saying, whether you think you can or whether yeah. you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. And he planted the seed of my subconscious that I can and I will and maybe that seed took a long time to germinate and you know sprout even but it came from yeah so I think my parents sowed some really lovely seeds within me from childhood but then obviously life happens and you go down a career path you get married and then have children and I did I always had felt I wanted to do more and I think for me the time when I had my kind of spiritual awakening as well was when I was pregnant with my son. So he's just turned 16. So nearly 17 years ago, this book came into my hands called The Gentle Birth Method. And this book described, actually before reading the book, I was convinced I was going to have cesarean and childbirth was scary. And I'd been surrounded by all these stories of how horrendous it was. I was just ready for a terrible experience. But this book it brought in the concepts of planning the birth you wanted. It also came with a little visualization CD to, it was so weird, you know, 
visualize you're in your womb and it's soft as jelly and oh, you're the... I know well I did I did it religiously and I went from being give me a cesarean knock me out to having a water birth with no drugs and it was an amazing experience and the same thing happened with my daughter an even better experience so that was my first kind of what's the word foray into this belief that you can create an outcome that you want mm. despite all the other noise and all the other stories you hear about it so that was like you know 16 17 years ago and when both my children you know came along it was then okay what do I want to do now it's always that question I think for me because my other tools apart from vision boards is EFT emotional freedom which is emotional freedom technique which is known as tapping so I'd always been interested in holistic therapies I trained as a reflexologist and Reiki practitioner just after my daughter was born. She's nearly 14 now because I knew I wanted to leave my corporate career, but I was preparing myself to start my own business as well. And what I teach now is actually, you know, we've got to honor our emotions and our feelings and to go with and ask ourselves a question, what do I really want right now? You know, what do I want right now? And I think that is the biggest question we can ask ourselves at any time. You know, what do I truly want? And you could check in with yourself with this question regularly. Sometimes even put aside a whole day to really tune in. What mm-hmm. do I want? And I've had to ask this question many, many times in my life. And I think this has been the key in triggering the next steps of what happened next when I got super clear on that question. What do I want? So for somebody who is kind of like, feeling that they are living that life that they've been dealt or just tolerating or, you know, accepting what is, I would firstly tune in with that question. What do I want right now? What do I truly want right now? Beautiful. Very Mm, beautiful. And you're so right, Melanie, in terms of, you know, sometimes things happen that just make it really certain for us that There's more to this than what we actually see. We can create more of this for ourselves. And for you, it was the book. I had a very similar experience. Um, It wasn't the book. I had joined NCT. And that's when I I did as well. (laughs) And that's when I first realized, oh, wow. So childbirth doesn't have to be like it is on Holby City. You know, (laughs) it can be a pleasurable experience. And like yourself, I had a fantastic birthing experience. Really, really lovely people always get a bit freaked out when I say that but it's true I did but I'm really intrigued by how you've taken that one step further and you've now created a very successful business basically on that one tenant and I can remember way a few years ago when we were all in our periscope and blab days remember that the days before I do house (laughs) yeah and you were just turning up and talking to people about EFT and just talk to us a little bit about that you know the kind of stuff you were talking about then and the difference it was making in people's lives out you know further afield than just the shores of the UK where you're based. Yeah well I again talking about asking for what you want and intention setting up until about six years ago so I started my private therapy practice I was doing reflexology I was doing Reiki And I discovered EFT was this amazing modality that really helped my clients. And at the time, I was primarily dealing with women on their childbirth journey. Again, I think as 
entrepreneurs, as business owners, we often want to help people solve the problems that we've been through ourselves. So, so yeah, I was really in the whole thick of, you know, the motherhood, baby, toddler. I've just been through those years and I wanted to help people. So tapping was a tool that really helped my clients. But with things like Reiki and reflexology, it was all one-to-one treatments and there wasn't really any scope to expand my trading time for hours business. But I found that my clients were getting quicker, deeper results with just the tapping alone. And I remember it was New Year's Eve 2014. We're going into 2015. Again, ask the universe, what did I want? I wanted to expand my business. I even, you know, remember big vision we're talking about. I thought what it would be like to go global in my business. I would love to have a global client base. No idea what that looked like or how I'd even go about doing that. But then this app, Periscope, came along. And, you know, I've skipped a bit out of my journey, but I actually did a journalism degree. I worked at the BBC for a few years. So I was really quite into the whole, you know, I wanted to be a TV presenter, really, when I left university. That was my big vision. But obviously stuff happened and I ended up in the corporate world. But there's a little kind of show-off part of me that loved broadcasting. And Periscope enabled me to do that. I could literally press go live on my camera and I could literally talk to the world. And at that time, it was linked to my Twitter account. And although it wasn't huge, I did have a couple of thousand followers on Twitter. And I literally start, it was broadcast to all my Twitter followers, um, most of whom were strangers. And I just started demonstrating tapping videos, just simple five, 10 minute videos, then got chatting with the you know, audience asking questions. And I started to grow my following and I then invited people to join me on a Facebook group. Then it took me a whole year before I made an offer, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, because I was also really interested in law of attraction and personal development. So I would weave in these stories and they'd kind of be, like coaching sessions. So what then happened was I did start to make offer for one-to-one sessions. So I would then have clients from all over the world via Skype. So it was still one-to-one, but I was growing a global client base. And so how the vision boards came in was when I was doing my one-to-one therapy practice, you know, 10 years ago, I had my client base, you know, mostly mums from school, the women of Hertfordshire, I then started to do these vision board workshops on the side, just in the evening at my home and with my existing client base. And we'd have eight, 10 women make vision boards together. Then I started to grow that because I really, I love doing that. I help people. I love you know, doing all this side of things. And then they grew bigger, then hired hotel rooms. And then I bought the tapping in as well. So It was like a light bulb moment because traditionally people have heard about tapping, that it's good for emotions and anxiety, releasing stress, trauma, phobias. It's great for, you know, easy jet run a two day fear of flying course. And day one is just tapping away your fears. So it's been scientifically proven. It's not some woo woo wacko out there therapy. It has instant and lasting results. So I did have this light bulb moment one day when I became aware and realized that not only could we tap away negative emotions that did we didn't want to hold on to in our body, we could also tap away the limiting beliefs that were creating these emotions as well. So because it's the limiting beliefs that stop us from having a bigger vision in the mm-hmm. first place, and it's most certainly the limiting beliefs that stop us from taking action 
once we've created the vision. So that was kind of how it then started to evolve about five years or so ago. Mm. Wow. And I know you've actually left out some really interesting parts of that story. (laughs) (laughs) As to some of the people you started to connect with through Periscope. Yeah. And... Well, you tell us. You tell us what you're comfortable with. with Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was always very intentional about, you know, even with things like Clubhouse and, you know, Periscope at the time, I've always set the intention. You know, I have quite a few core stories that I've kind of planted in my subconscious that, one, I'm always in the right place at the right time. That's just a story that I've allowed to, you know, become a truth for me. I always attract the right people into my life. And, you know, whether it's friendships, partnerships, business associates, and I always trust my intuition that I'm exactly where I need to be. That's another strong belief that I have for me. So one day I just noticed Bob Doyle from The Secret was doing a periscope. And I'd kind of been following him since his secret days. And I was on his mailing list. I thought Bob Doyle from The Secret. And he only had about 10 people watching him I think so we just got chatting and then he turned up on my postcard then this blab thing came on I just reached out to him and said hey Bob you know can I interview you on blab and he's like yeah isn't he such a lovely man and I know you know him as well yeah he's such a lovely man and I then became friends with his then partner as well Lynn and we got on really well and I even and I went to LA four years ago met up with him in person and he's just been a lovely friend and confidant ever since you know we do chat and his new partner Tracy they were just both guest experts in my membership program but so yeah Bob is just one of them but through the power of networking connection I then got to know James Wedmore who's one of my mentors he actually came you know through somebody else I met on Periscope so it's kind of a web of you know how did I connect that person and it was through Periscope that I met another friend who then introduced me to James who on that same trip to LA, I went to James's first event and just through, you know, the power of connection and, you know, helping one another. So I actually reached out to James and I, cause he shared publicly, he had a fear of flying. And I said, would you like a one-to-one tapping session? Like, yeah, absolutely. So that's the thing. I think when you want to connect with people, we kind of put these people on a pedestal and we think, oh, you know, there's no way I could get near them. They're just human beings. You know, I think don't, hesitate in reaching out to people no matter who they are mm-hmm. you can say yes or no but if you don't ask you'll never know well, so the answer is always going to be no if you don't ask exactly exactly <laughs> no, but it's exactly. true melanie i think that a lot of people put these people on pedestals i mean we know bob and tracy we've spent days with them in one room but we've been speakers at an event all mm-hmm. of us and we've been on bob. Yeah, and we've had Bob and Tracy on the podcast and they're absolutely wonderful people and very approachable to be fair I am however mindful that you will get a no from some people that not everyone is approachable or open to to connecting with just anyone but even though you can always ask and if it's a no the first time it doesn't mean to say that you know you can't ask them again further down the line I have a little black book of some you know people that I'd love to connect with in the future and people who I'd like to work with but you know maybe not now but certainly in the future yeah yeah now, I love what you said in what you shared earlier is that you started sharing your knowledge your expertise on first Periscope and Blab and now Clubhouse but you started sharing your passion mm. and that attracted people to you 
And through those attractions, you made connections that have been beneficial to you personally or professionally. And I think that a lot of people, I mean, I'm one of them, um, are very hesitant to share because they think, who's going to listen to me? Why would they even listen to me in any way, shape or form? Who am I that you want to listen to? And you can have that inkling of a big vision, but you still think, but who am I? Why would they listen to me? That's not interesting. There are people that have made, have experienced worse things in life. What would you say to someone like that? I'd say, who are you not to be sharing your story and your message? And no, not everyone's going to vibe with you and connect with you. And you don't really want everyone in the world, be kind of few too many people to deal with. And when we start looking from an abundance mindset, that there is an abundance of customers, there is an abundance of people. You know, I often use the analogy that, you know, I live in a small village in Hertfordshire. There's still a few thousand people who live in this village. And even if I served all the people in my village, you know, it'd be too many people for me to deal with. This is such a big, big world. And we all have a message and we all have a story that's going to connect with some people. And this is when I kind of start using my intention and I will set my intention that I will connect with the people who will resonate with my message, people who will hear what I want to share. And I do weave in things like, you know, how my marriage ended and how I am a single parent. I will talk about my teenagers that, you know, I do deal with real life stuff. I talk about my dad who's got dementia and I have a mum who's in her 80s as well. And the demands of having teenagers and elderly parents and being a single parent and trying to run a business. And that's going to kind of resonate with some people, but it's not going to probably resonate with that alpha male flipping, you know, the other side of the world. But I think that's why we have to be really authentic with who we are, our story, because we're going to attract the people that we can help when we start to be something that we're not or we water ourselves down we're not going to attract the right people so I would always but also come from a place of confidence and certainty this is where the emotions stuff comes in if you come from a place of oh my god I can't do this I'm not good enough and I'm comparing myself to that person there your energetic state is going to vibrate that out. So this is where a quick round of tapping to boost yourself before you go live, before you send an email, before you go to a networking meeting, it's going to raise your vibe, literally. We, know, we hear that term, it trips off the tongue, about raising your vibe, high vibes. But yeah. what is a vibrational state? Lots of people talk about it in different ways. Esther and Jerry Hicks talk about the emotional guidance scale and you know, in layman's terms, it would be like down here, we've got fear, shame, anger, revenge, we've got hatred, blame, worry, guilt, anxiety, you know, lots of kind of emotions. But then up here, we've got contentment, joy, certainty, confidence, love, motivated, you know, the higher vibrational states. And it's just to check in with where you are at any one time. And if you're anything below calm content just ask yourself a question what do I need to do to raise my vibration to get myself up that emotional guidance scale so that I can deliver my message from place of certainty from place of love from place of compassion and but we can shift these emotions really really quickly through a quick round of tapping through some positive affirmations bouncing on your rebounder while you know or as Tony Robbins calls them the incantations you've got to change your state because that will literally change your energy and people sense it in your voice 
in your yeah literally just in your energy yeah. so I can't remember what the question was I feel like I just went off on one there <laughs> no, 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 no. it's actually good no, I want to flip it to the other side can you be too certain can you be too, too happy certain? I don't know really because there are some people some entrepreneurs and we can all think of them who are so confident they're so sure of themselves and there are some people out there who are selling you know not great stuff but they're selling it by the bucket load and I think it's because they are so confident they really believe in their products and I'm not here to judge or anything like that I think ultimately it's if you feel good and you're okay with it then I don't know is there any such thing as being too certain I think that could potentially come across as arrogance that could be an energy that could be picked up. But then again, if that's a vibe you want to give out, you're going to attract the people who want that message, but you're also going to repel the people who aren't your ideal customers as well. I don't know. What do you think? Would you agree? I agree with you. I don't actually think you can be too certain. And I also think there's a difference between confidence and certainty as well. Because, mm. you know, there are some people who are very, very confident and they can talk about their stuff with absolute confidence. But that certainty in terms of whether or not they're going to convert people mm. always there. So I think they're quite different. So no, I don't think you can be too certain. And there's also the instance where you know you're good at what you do. You know you've got the tools to help people. But then there's this other little part of you that, you know, this is maybe when you compare yourself to others. Well, who's going to want to buy my stuff? Why would they want to buy from me rather than that person whose website looks flashier, who has better landing pages, who, you know, always looks so polished and professional. And here's me with my dog barking and my kids screaming in the background. So, you know, yeah, there is, of course, there is that little voice. But then I think if you take yourself back to, well, back to my other kind of core message of, you know, I will attract the people who want to be you know find me and I'm exactly where I need to be and everything is unfolding the perfect time for me so I think these are the things that keep me grounded when I slip into comparisonitis or anything like that yeah the reason I asked because I was thinking back to my days in corporate and I because I've invested so much in my personal growth and in my self-awareness I know what I'm good at I am absolutely confident in my abilities I had colleagues that were interpreting that as oh you're just full of it you're just selling something but you can't deliver and I delivered every time and I thought but this is me. I know that I can do this. I'm very certain. I'm very confident. I'm very, even very certain that I can do it. There is no doubt in my mind whatsoever. But I still remember those moments when a lot of them, a lot of my colleagues were like, yeah, yeah you're just full of it. You're just talking. You're just a talker. But I delivered every time. So with that action, just boosted my confidence and certainty also. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's people even closer to us who may knock us off track, you know, like like my mum would say, do really do strangers really come off the Internet and give you money to pay you for stuff for you? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> my mum says the same. She thinks it's bizarre. She can't quite, can't quite get her head around it. Or even when I'm here at my desk and I'm speaking like this, she can't. This doesn't feel or seem like working. Work. Yeah, no, I've got my parents are like, people pay you to talk to a screen? How is that work? <laughs> so, Melanie, you're here for a reason. I am, okay. aren't I? Yeah. You're here for a reason. And, you know, there comes a point in all of our podcasts where we have to ask the killer question. So I just hope that you're prepared because, you know, our listeners are used to quality responses. 
So you can <laughs> down. the pressure is on here now. Mm-hmm. So let's go for it. Okay, just take a nice okay. in. Nice, nice slow exhale. Mm-hmm. And here we have it. So what's your favorite sushi? Okay, this is a really crap answer. And it would be exactly the same as if you asked me, what's your favourite musical genre? What's your favourite movie? What's your favourite colour? I love so much that I find it really hard to make. And I am the world's worst person with a menu in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Choice is don't give me too much choice because I will literally be there all day. And I would always say to the waiter, come to me last. And even when I'm being asked the question, it's like ibble dibble, like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) I like variety and I don't like being told you've got to have one. So I will tell you what I would always have. Is that okay? Yes. I would always have some miso soup. I would always have some edamame beans. Nice. I will always have a sashimi salad. So you get the raw sushi and you get the lovely ponzu dressing. I do love a sashimi salad. And I'm a big fan of the theatrical rolls, you know, the dragon rolls, the rainbow rolls, the, I can't even think of them, the tiger rolls, I think. Yeah, so this signature, and I've got to have a little bit of tempura as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, um, it's a better answer than our last week's guest, who said oh. it only can be tempura. <laughs> I can only be. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't really a sushi lover, was she? <laughs> she wangled her way on the show. Yeah, we gave her a pass. We did give her a pass. That was so funny. But yeah, I'd say if it's just one thing, it'd probably have to be one of those theatrical roles. Oh, I love those. Love those. And, you know, it's so nice to have a fellow sushi purist on the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see, I know my sushi. I know my... And also, I don't like going down the whole ordering noodles and the... Oh, no. If I want noodles, I'll go to Wagamama. You know, I don't <laughs> want noodles in a sushi restaurant. No way. I absolutely... Agree. So taking that one step further then, Melanie. Okay. If you were a sushi, what would be the ingredients? How would you present it? Oh, I love love this question. Right. Okay. I don't know. This is such a great question because there are sometimes I see these theatrical roles and think, oh, I wish it had a bit of this and a bit of that. Okay. What would I have? I would have a core of prawn tempura, core of prawn. And I would also have some tuna sashimi raw tuna what else would I have some avocado in there I would have as well then I would wrap it in the rice and the nori the seaweed and then I would top it with the roe the salmon roe and what else yeah I think that would be a pretty good sushi roll I think and obviously I'd have my soy sauce with a ton of so much wasabi that it has literally singed my nostril hairs <laughs> you are speaking my language <laughs> so that I'm literally this is a common reaction you bumped over to it's like a bit like this <sighs> <laughs> it's like being in labor <laughs> I have met my wasabi sister do you know how many people come on I really have, have so many people come on and they say oh and we just have a little tip 
off wasabi. And I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> I feel like it's almost a bit like... It's torture. Tor- like, self-torture. It's like, <laughs> how hot can I go? Could I bring a tear to my eye? <laughs> <laughs> but having said that, the question is still, why did you choose these ingredients? How did they represent you? Oh, how do they the represent dots. me? Yeah. What does the variety the mean? Variety. What's the tuna mean? Oh, well, the tuna is probably the more expensive of the, because um, raw salmon is all right, but I find, I, I honestly, sometimes I find it a bit too much, just a, loads of raw salmon. I can eat a bit, I do like it, but I'd much rather have tuna sashimi. Um, I just think it's... Um, I prefer it, but I, I do love the salmon as well. Um, I think the salmon, I'm sorry, the tuna is um, slightly more <laughs> refined um, and a bit more expensive. Um, and the the avocado, I don't know. what what What's my subconscious relation to an avocado? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and the prawn tempura, I do love a bit of fried food, you know, and I... I believe we have to have balance in life. We can be green juicing, you know, raw eating, clean living, whatever. But um, I really think it has to be variety in life. We need um, some extremes, super healthy. But, you know, sometimes I've got to take my kids to McDonald's because I personally don't have the time or energy to cook them a, um, a proper meal. I'm like, all right, kids, get in the car. We're going to McDonald's. But equally, most of the time, I do cook them healthy food. We do sit and have meals together. I think life is all about variety, having excitement, um, having a rich colour and enjoyment, you know, having that spectacular life. And some days it's going to be quite extreme and some days it's going to be, you know, quite balanced and gentle. It's funny, whenever I think about if I... If this were a song podcast, if you could think about what song represents your life. I love the Whitney Houston, I'm Every Woman. I do feel like that there are different elements of lots of different women in me. And I am the spiritual, meditating, crystal loving, moon gazing. And that is probably my true self. That is what I am most of the time. But equally, gosh, send me to a nightclub maybe <laughs> once a year, you know, the highest of heels and, and partying. I love that. So, yeah. yeah. So for me, that my sushi represents having a bit of everything. <laughs> love that. I love that. I love that. And if your business were a sushi, would it be the same, or would you change some of the ingredients? My business were a sushi. Oh, it would be. I'm now switching up a bit now. It'd be. I don't know why, and maybe the analogy will come to me to download shortly. But I'm now thinking of those. Are they the maki? The rolls? What are they? Yes. Handrolls. Looks like a little ice cream cone, hand rolls. Yeah, hand roll. Yeah. So it's kind of like, right, what's the common universe? Download something profound here. Um, <laughs> they are, I don't know, it's like everything in one mouthful, isn't it? It's, um, God, I'm making this up as I go along here. You know, you've got all the ingredients and it's just there. It's, you know what you get with it. You don't have to eat loads of it. It's just not. This is such a rubbish answer. I can't think. Do you know something, Melanie? As you say that, and obviously knowing you and knowing your business as well, what was coming to me Mm. really is having that confidence to just take that bite out of life. I love that. You know, literally everything you want in life is there in that role and just have the courage to just either take a bite or just put it in, you know, 
that's really what's coming to me as you said as you say that so I'm not surprised you've chosen that (laughs) Yeah, and it's so true. I think everything we want is there for the taking. And we just have to ask for it. We do. We have to get clear on what we want and ask for it and allow it to be easy as well. You know, mm. just, yeah, it's easy. That's the thing. It's easy, but it's not necessarily, no, that's the thing. It's simple, yeah. but it's not necessarily easy. Yeah. You know, we know the ingredients, but it's not necessarily easy to just quickly stick it in a cone but it is simple yeah yeah I love that so Melanie when did you first discover your passion and love for sushi I would say because my mom's from Thailand and we would have a lot of family holidays to Thailand when I was younger and sushi restaurants are massive out there and they're always in these exquisite hotels and I'd often go with family and I remember when I was young because my mum has always been a big sushi lover but when I was quite young my mum didn't let me eat the raw fish she was I don't know she had this thing about you know wait till you're a bit older you should you know I don't know (laughs) a bit bit weird really but so I'd eat all the other ones and I just thought it looked so pretty and it was much more of a thing in Thailand before it became a thing here but I tell you when I really started loving it it was when I was pregnant with my son I was 17 I wasn't 17 when I was pregnant 17 years ago let me just rephrase that so 17 years ago I was working in the city and at Canary Wharf there was an Itsu sushi place And it was the first place that did really good takeaway sushi. So I've always loved sushi, but that's when I started to eat it more regularly. I'd say literally instead of a sandwich, I would have an itsu sushi nearly every day. And I think then there's been an explosion in sushi restaurants the last few years, places like Sushi Mania and places that sprung up nearer me because otherwise... I'd say sushi was a bit more exclusive 15 Mm -hmm. years ago and it was quite expensive, but now since it became a lot more accessible and local yeah I can literally fill my boots with it it's not a expensive rare treat anymore no, no. Not. Mm. not at all I mean we've got an oldie not far from where we live and they sell sushi there and actually their sushi is very good not as fantastic as Waitrose's you know sushi gourmet yeah yeah oh, we do love a bit of sushi gourmet oh if yeah I see I'd definitely get some today but uh <laughs> Do you know, I might have to go and get some now after all this sushi talk. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, it's a bit icy still. But, <laughs> but, you know, like you say, though, it is so, so accessible. So, Melanie, just as we come to, you know, the closing stages of our time together today, which has been amazing, <laughs> what can you tell our listeners? What hope can you give our listeners if they're sitting there thinking, oh, this is great, but I don't even know where to start? What would be your advice? I would start to think about, you know, how are you feeling at the moment? You know, and it might not just be today, but how have you been feeling the last few weeks, few months and check in with yourself on an emotional kind of level? You know, look at what you're doing, you know, in your business, because as an entrepreneur, I've switched my business up a few times. You know, I've kind of shared my journey today, but it's got to the kind of the sweet spot now where I love helping people so much with getting that clarity on what they want. And and it is to ask yourself, you know, what do I love to do? What am I good at? You know, how can I help people? It's just to check in with yourself. You know, what is it that I really, really love to do? What I really want to do right now? And it might not even be anything entrepreneurial. It could be a creative pursuit that you want to start, you know, doing. You know, I've had some clients who've been started picking up a paintbrush in their 40s, started, you know, dancing, 
decided they want to write or create something. I think we're all here. We're natural born creators. Mm-hmm. We're all here to create something. And it is to ask yourself, you know, what is it that I want to create? And just, and sometimes the answers don't come immediately. You need to, sometimes the simplest question to meditate upon is, you know, what does my heart desire right now? What do I really want now? What do I want to experience? What feelings do I want to have more of in my life? And journal, see what comes up for you. And then just start to see what bits of vision start to come to you because actually how I would end is I talk about the four pillars of your big vision and these are the pillars of abundance and that includes the abundance is an important pillar because it often creates the expansive container where you can get other elements of your other big vision so the other pillar is environment and that could be your home a second holiday home the car you drive so the abundance is going to affect you know the home you can buy, Um, your relationships, you know, perhaps relationships is the area in your life that really needs improvement on right now. And I believe we all deserve to have first class relationships. If your relationship is anything other than first class, ask yourself, what do I need to do to make this relationship better? Mm. Or maybe it's time to let it go. Relationship with your children, your parents, colleagues, mentors, whatever. And the last one is your pillar of your health. If it's your health that's not the best one, then that could be your actual physical health, could be your mental, your spiritual well-being. Um, that could be the area that needs working on right now. And how abundance affects all of those is yeah. because, you know, if you have more money, you can have the personal trainer, you can pay for the coach, you can pay for the mentor. And I would believe start to kind of map out what do each of those pillars look like, but which one is causing you the most pain right now? Which one needs the most action which one do you need to put all your focus, attention and energy into? Because, yeah, you can make a vision board that covers all those things. And I do encourage that. But in terms of getting short term, quick goals, like, for example, this time last year, I'll be quite honest with you. I was feeling a bit sad and a bit lonely. And, you know, it'd been a long time since I've been in a relationship because I was so focused on my children and growing my business. I thought, you know, it is time to enter a relationship now. So I really focused on that. I joined a dating app. I, you know, went on some dates and I literally thought, you know, what can I do now to call that person into my life? And I got really clear what sort of person I was looking for. Um, I knew what I didn't want from my previous experiences. And I started to ask the universe, you know, show me this person. And I had a big vision for this person. I wasn't settling for mediocre or anyone I knew what I wanted. So I wrote a shopping list of what I was looking for. And yeah, yeah, I can honestly say, yep. Then I met him in May. We've, you know, had a lovely time ever since having lots of fun. And I can honestly say that he um, ticked probably 80% of my list. The other 20%, I would say, well, I'm always open to asking for 80% of what you want and allowing the universe to surprise and delight you with the other 20%. Because you don't want to be so specific on every single detail yeah you want to give the universe some wiggle room sometimes we know what we want but the universe will say to you yeah but this is what you need as well so I believe I attracted a man that not only gave me what I wanted but there was a big surprise element of my gosh I didn't realize I needed that in a man as well so Yeah. yeah I think you know be open to asking away ask for whatever you want 
but allow the universe to surprise and delight you with something that could even be better than you could have in your own mind. You know, it's like this or something even better is yeah. the best. Yeah. Um, yeah, I um, love that. I love Those that. are very, very powerful tips uh, for our listeners to take away from. So I can imagine someone listening and thinking, how do I get in touch with this? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm all over social media, mostly as I am Melanie Moore on Facebook and Instagram. Always happy to receive a DM and Clubhouse as well. Now I am Melanie Moore on Clubhouse as well. Managed to um, bagsy that one in. And yeah, twice a year, I do the Global Vision Board Day and, you know, January, which we've just had, and again in June. And um, I also have my members community as well, the Tapping Into Your Big Vision members community, where I help people to take ongoing action after they've made their vision board as well. So, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. how you can get hold of me. And Melanie, I believe you've got a freebie for um, our listeners, haven't you? I do. So, and this could be a really good place to start if you're really like struggling, you know, as to what to do next. I've got something called the Future You Meditation and it's a little guided meditation that's going to take you on a journey in time to help you meet your future you. And I've been gobsmacked by some of the things that people see in this meditation because it takes you to a place in your subconscious where sometimes it un- you've unlocked things that have been buried away and sometimes we need a little bit of a meditation to kind of unlock it. So there's a meditation and there's a tapping exercise with that, but there's also a clarity worksheet as well. But I recommend anyone, that's the thing, there's so many freebies and things. I'd say if you're going to do this, put aside a couple of hours in your diary that you're going to do this properly. You're going to do the meditation. You're going to do the worksheet because that's going to give you clarity on which of those pillars of your life need the most focus right now. And it's going to kickstart the vision and it's going to kickstart the practical. This is just giving you time. Sometimes we just need some time to sit with our thoughts and to ask ourselves, what do I really want right now? And, you know, whoever sits there and just asks themselves that question, what do I really want right now? It's such an important question to ask yourself, because unless you ask the question, the universe isn't going to be able to give you the downloads and the inspiration and whatever next. So, yeah, yeah if you're going to go into the opt-in at the same time, put in your calendar two hours that you're going to put aside to do this exercise as well. You've got the links, haven't you, Gail? Yeah, I've got the links. and yeah. all, all the links will be in our show notes. And please, I mean... I don't know how many people read show notes, but can I just say to you that if you're listening to this particular episode, please go to the show notes because you'll see there that Melanie has a Big Vision TV. She also uses another technique with EFT, which is the, um, was it called transneural? Transformational neural technique, which is... TNT the transformation, yeah. which really compounds everything and makes it really powerful. And, and I know this from personal experience because last year I went through a stage where I couldn't dream. Do you remember I said to you, Melanie, you asked me that question, what would a day in your ideal life look like? And I was just like a deer caught in headlights. I was like, what? Uh-huh. Mm. Because I just had been so consumed and so in my stuff that I had no idea. And going through the process with you and using TNT and all the other stuff that we've done has just been amazing. And the expansion is just, I think even I surprise myself sometimes. I'm sitting in my office, which was something at the time when we were doing it, I was sitting at my kitchen island 
And I kept saying, oh, I just want my own space where I can, you know, be motivated and I've got my morning routine. And here I am with a morning routine in my own space, you know, mm-hmm. and I, it didn't even occur to me that I had this space upstairs. <laughs> and when we ask ourselves what we want, you know, I had a similar just with my daughter yesterday she had a little bit of a problem and a bit of bother and then when we kind of sit and unpacked it and said well, what do you really want and you know she told me and a couple of tweaks later we found the solution and it was there it was so simple but for her to actually come and tell me the problem and then for me to say well, well what do you want and then she could tell me that okay we can make it happen now but so often we're just stuck in the problem stuck in the moaning and the complaining yeah. and we just end up going round and round circles. But actually, when you ask them, what do I want? You know, what's the outcome I want here? And you focus on, okay, then the next question is, what do I need to do to make this happen? Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Melanie, you've been such an amazing guest. And, you know, we could go on at least another hour, I think, <laughs> but I don't even think we screw scratch the surface. But so I think with someone that's such a sushi purist like ourselves, you need to come back another time. <laughs> I think we've got more of that sushi story to uncover. I so, love it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna need, I need some sushi now. I'm really like, <laughs> give me some sushi in my belly now. <laughs> Linda, do you have any other questions or anything else you'd like to say before we go? No, thank you, Melanie, for joining us. And I second Gail's suggestion. We need to have you back on the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. Oh, we most certainly certainly do. I'd be honoured. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. You haven't gone yet, love. Oh, am I still here? Yeah, you're still here. We haven't finished with you just yet. Just just barely. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, you are funny. And, and that is the great thing about working with somebody like Melanie. You know, it's not going to be all tears and trauma. You are going to actually have some fun as well. So please check out Melanie. As she said, she's on all the socials. Check out our show notes to find out even more about her. And don't forget to also download your free gift from Melanie, which is the Future You Meditation with the um, worksheet as well. So what can I say apart from thank you for listening to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Sushi Club podcast. We'd love to know what your biggest takeaway has been from this conversation because it has been one so full of insights and light bulb moments, even for us. But please take a moment and share with us in our Facebook group, the Entrepreneur Sushi Club. You will find the link in the description of this episode. And if you know someone who will benefit from listening, please share it with them. And better still, if you know someone that would benefit from being on our show, let them know. And that's it from us. Until next time. Mm-hmm.